So I, I love to tell entrepreneurs, slow down for a moment. Are you putting something out in the world that's just going to fill up your wallet today and leave you empty and meaningless tomorrow? Or are you going to put out something today that's going to do good in this world? Not only will your heart fill up, so will your wallet. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I am honored to be your host. Our mission here on the Impact Entrepreneur Show is not just to inspire you, but also to help you tap into and begin to believe in your God-given potential and purpose. That's right, baby. We want you to not only be inspired, but experience breakthrough. And we do that on this podcast by interviewing incredible people who are using their experiences, their skill set, their platforms to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. And here's the thing. None of these folks are simply sitting back, living a life of leisure. They have things to do, places to go, and lives to impact. Speaking of that, Tony Greppmeyer is probably best known for building a multi-million dollar business called Ship Offers with his childhood friends. But it is Tony's mission in life to create a community where entrepreneurs know they can achieve anything they want and find fulfillment despite their past. Growing up wasn't always easy without a present father. And it was the community of friends and mentors around Tony, as well as his amazing mother, who taught him that life's not easy, but still you can do anything and you can make it easier. One of Tony's earliest mentors used to tell him, you can do this, take it easy. Although he didn't necessarily understand it at the time, he has come to learn that this is an excellent way to live a fulfilled life. Let me explain. In our fast-paced world, we can all use a reminder to slow down. Now, a mentor himself, Tony has his own suggestions, not necessarily advice, for those that look up to him. Chase the wins, study the lessons, and never quit. I absolutely love this mantra, particularly because the idea of studying the lessons you receive in life is critical. The lessons to be learned about our wins and our losses are abounding, and we will never achieve our greatest potential without learning from both. So how do we study our wins and our losses exactly? Well, Tony suggests creating a two list, a when a life works list and when a life doesn't work list, which are tools he learned from his friend, Dr. Sean Stevenson. Now, you know when your life is working, and you also know when it isn't working. So reflect on those moments. What were you doing? What were you not doing? And get at least 10 or 14, 15, 20 items on each list. And now, now you have the curriculum that you need to study. Then every day, try to practice one item on when your life works list. And note that it all comes back to your behavior, not what other people do to you. Because when you change your behavior, you are now empowered with the ability to change your life. So bust out your pens and paper, take some notes, brace for impact, and stay tuned for the offer Tony gives to you to go and buy and purchase his Be Fulfilled journal at the end of the show. And you can also go to the show notes for that. Until next time, brace for impact. Tony Grebmeyer, 
here in San Cruz, California. What the heck? Also, you're like way taller than I thought you would be. Yeah, Facebook doesn't do me justice. <laughs> How tall are you? 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, I, when you walked into my office, I was like, dude, Tony's tall. <laughs> yes, uh, it's been like that since I was in seventh grade. Really? That was my last big growth spurt. Six inches over summer, and I came back to school, and I definitely was the kid who was a lot taller. So all those little kids who were picking on me now started looking at me differently. Yeah. Yeah. But they still beat me up because yeah, I yeah, was yeah. still one of those like. Well, you, you know, probably your arm. You probably couldn't figure out how to move your arms no, and stuff. I was a spider monkey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You know, I, I start things out as you know with people's origin stories and where they're from and or the background and things of that nature. And you happen to be from this great city of Santa Cruz, just like myself. And um, but rather than just ask you the, you know, where are you from and blah 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 those those kinds of questions, I. I I've been using quotes to kind of stimulate the conversation. And so I picked a, a Vince Lombardi quote for you. And it has to do with being fulfilled and that sense of fulfillment, because I know that's your, your mission. So we'll start there. The quote is, I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, the greatest fulfillment of all that he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause, and lies exhausted on the field of battle, victorious. I like that. It's good. And I thought when I was looking up quotes for you, I'm like, dude, I like this quote. This, this quote speaks to me. I think it'll speak to Tony. So when you think back to your childhood and growing up and, and uh, coming of age, if you will, who was the finest person you ever encountered? You know, it's funny that you say that because I, I I had like several people that I looked up to growing up. So I had a rabbi, Rabbi Rick, growing up when I was thinking about getting my bar mitzvah. I remember he was just always so calm and just always kind of told it how it was. Uh, my next door neighbor, uh, Dan Bias, I actually had lunch today with his, his wife. He, he has long passed. And I just remember these people were staples in my life. They were um, I wish I could say my dad was my idol growing up. That didn't happen until later in life when I really understood uh, his path. Um, but those are the people that I looked up to just because they spoke to my heart and they helped me to grow. And then always, I will always put my mom in there, even though growing up, your mom's your mom. Really, that was somebody that I looked up to and I still do to this day. And I still talk to my mom as often as I can. My mom spends half of her time in the UK and half of her time here. So I always remind myself like it's an opportunity that I have because Jesse Itzler put it plain and simple about three months ago. I was at an event. He says, you know, how many more times are you going to be able to go visit your parents? How many more times are you going to pick up the phone and be able to call them before they're no longer around? And those things, like Rabbi Rick, I haven't talked to him in years. Mr. Bias has been gone for almost 20 some odd years. And then I talk to my mom every day, you know, as best as I can. So these are the people who have made the biggest impact in my life. What was the, the message that your heart needed then that they spoke to? Well, they filled the void of not having a father. So they did their best to console me and just help me to understand, like, you know, life's not easy, but you can make it easier. Um, they told me that I was enough, you know, growing up, I thought I wasn't enough. And so I acted out and I, you know, I think I had a lot of issues growing up in my childhood, just from just that simple place of, did I fit in? No. Did I belong sometimes? Did I feel alone? Yes. Often. And that, that's kind of what, so what they did is when I got around there, they'd show me like, I never knew how to use power tools. I never knew how to drive a car. So these people would take me under their wings and show me how to do those things. I remember Mr. Bias. It's funny that I'm drinking coffee and talking about Dan, but uh, Volkswagen Dasher. 
he uh, he pulled down the driveway and he said, "Hey, here's the deal: driving lesson ends when the coffee spills." I was like, <laughs> "Oh, thanks." As we're driving down, you know, and his coffee's up on like the dash, and I just remember this is his humor, but yet his sincerity when he looked at you. He was like, "You can do this, but just take it easy." And that's such a great mantra to live life. Is like, you can do it, just take it easy. I didn't get that until much later in life. What did that mean to you? What, specifically, t- you could do it, but take it easy. What does the easy part mean? Slow down. There's no rush, right? You get in just, just because the speed limit says 55. Yes, you have to stay on a freeway at least 55, but it doesn't mean you have to race to get to 55. You can slow down and enjoy. My mom's mantra has come all the time to me. My mom says, you know, you're not going to really enjoy life, son, until you get to almost three quarters of the way home, until the end of the track. When you know you've been through so much, the hurdles are so much, now they're just steps that you have to take. They're no longer like you have to rush through everything. You got to enjoy everything. When you think about those people that you, you've just mentioned, your mom and Dan and Rabbi Rick, <clears throat> and you think about watching them and their work and the sacrifices that they made, did they ever take the opportunity to enjoy the sense of fulfillment that the fruit of their labor generated? I... I don't know about necessarily Rabbi Rick, but I would say because you run, you know, a pretty big congregation and synagogue and you have tons of people that you help. Yeah. So you see that because you see fruits of your work come true when someone gets up and, you know, gets their bar mitzvah. Yeah, you get to have some sense of enjoyment because that's something that you're transferring. Mr. Bias, yes. I mean, we were talking about him and just uh, great Western downtown Santa Cruz. He used to to be one of the the main guys there. I think he was the president. And now it's transferring to like a county bank. And we were talking about how cool it's to go by and it's no longer lease. It's occupied and it's fulfilling. And we talked about how he was there for his kids and, and he was always there for me. So the fruits of his work was always giving back. And I love that. He was always busy with Rotary Club doing something to support. And then my mom's never stopped. My mom, my mom's always been a constant. She's been long out of education for probably 20 some odd years. Now she's tutoring a kid in the village. (laughs) <laughs> like it's like she's finding a way to get back. So yeah. I'm glad I have people and mentors and coaches who who not only tell me but show me every single day. How do you carry that forward? What you you've obviously lot, uh, had a lot of lessons. You've thought about them. They were seeds that were planted in you, and then were watered over the course of your life, and still are today. But now you have your business, you have your employees, you have, most importantly, your wife and two boys, Ethan and Owen. How do you pass those lessons on to others? So two things that I think, uh, one, it's a great question. But the two that's like really straightforward and simple for me is that everybody's got to go through life their own way, right? I can be in a cheerleader on the side going, hey, you should try this, you should try this. So what I call life today for me is when I give anybody advice, they're all suggestions. Or they're all tests. Mm-hmm. So when I'm sitting talking to team members at work and they're doing something, I'm like, just, just try it. It's just a test. Let's mm-hmm. just for for the sake, let's just test this theory, see if it works or doesn't work. Let's not like get all upset if it doesn't. Let's just learn from it. So chase the wins, study the lessons, and never quit. So that's like number one. Number mm-hmm. two, I think a lot of times why things got watered over is because because I had the, like the mentality of instant gratification. I wanted what I wanted. If I didn't get it, then I complained. And then like, I got really upset. Now today, those are the lessons that life has taught me. Hey son, like you weren't supposed to get this when you got it because you wanted it then you're getting it now. And you've had to work so much harder. So like, it's still instant gratification. It's just 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. still enjoying it. Yeah. 
And today, everything that happens to me didn't happen to me the way I thought it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It went according to what I believe is like the divine plan. And that has always been for me, which is give up what you need and you will receive what you've always dreamed. Hmm. And I've, what I've always wanted was a life that I could live fulfilled, be a, just a support system for the people in my life. I don't have to be the guy who has to do it all. I can just be the participant in so many great people's lives. And so those three people you asked, the mantra, which is chase the wind, study the lessons and never quit has allowed me to really help people today from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And there's nowhere to get. I'm exactly where I said I wanted to be and doing exactly what I said I wanted to be doing. Mm. So if that's so true, then and I know there's nowhere to get, so am I enjoying this present moment? Mm. I don't let tomorrow or yesterday take up any rent in today. Like today is today, and I live for it because I can start thinking really, really quick the next day, the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And before you know it, I'm not even present with you. I'm like so off in fantasy land. And that's where I really get into kind of trouble in life. Yeah. No, I think that's a really powerful lesson of the, the importance. And, it, you know, people just gloss over it, the importance of being present. There are too many people that are focused on the past or looking too far into the future and, and end up being like a shell of a person in the now. And the future is coming regardless of whether we want it or not. It's, I, I was reading this book and worrying about the future is kind of like being in a train and running from the back of the train to the front of the train, thinking you're going to get to the station faster. You're not, <laughs> you know, I like that. you know, you're not, you're, you're going to arrive at the exact same time. And it doesn't mean that I'm not a visionary. I, that's my right. number one job as a CEO of a company is to be the visionary, to help the company to see where we're going. However, if I go on vacation and I'm always thinking about past vacation and all the work I got to do, I'm never going to be enjoying the journey. I'm never going to be present with my wife. I'm never going to be happy with my kids because nothing's ever going to be satisfying. Right. Enough. Cause I'm always going to be, Oh, oh, oh I've, okay. Five more days on vacation. So that's five times 24. Okay. Uh, 120, you know, I'm like, yeah. next thing I know, I'm like, okay, vacation's over and I'm back. And I'm like, that's yeah, yeah, totally. No, you, you, you have to be visionary, but the problem is you can't stay there. You got to come back. You got to reverse engineer it. You got to build it. You got to create, it, you got to do the work in the here and now yeah. and be able to adapt. One of the things that you, you your quote, what I actually had written down that is on your webpage, chase the winds, study the lessons and never give up. There's, I, I love that, that statement. And I love the fact that you said study the lessons because there's there's a duality there. You didn't say study the failures because lessons come from both wins and losses. And we're going to talk about wins in a minute, but I want to start with the losses. Everyone wants to talk about wins. It's easy to look at a, a, it's easier to look at a winning tape. And it, it and for me anyway, I think for for everybody else too, it could be really uncomfortable to watch your replays of your fumbles, your setbacks, or your carte blanche losses, you know? So what's the worst fork in the road, bad decision that you've ever made? And how have you gone about studying and learning from that lesson? Hmm, that's good. Um, um, I, I would say my behavior is the thing that I've probably been the most upsetting and frustrated by in my life. Right. So I can't put my finger on one because my life in 30 seconds, I could tell you everything that you need to know. Right. Um, every single day I spend in reflection. That's the gift that I've been given is the opportunity to look back at what I've done 
make a living amends with it. And then where I need to clean up my messes from it. So when I look back at like, what is there one thing? I think like when I, I always will go to when I had called my mom um, and I was just utter defeat. Like I literally was trying to like figure out how life would work. And I was trying to hold everything together through like silly putty, super glue and thread. And my marriage was completely, I was separated from my wife for at the time, three years, um, drinking and drugging every day financially and like just in just turmoil. And I remember my mom talking like 44 minutes in, I finally said, you know what, mom, you're right. I do need help. Like, I do need help. Like, I can't do this on my own anymore. And she's like, hey, you know what? There's a way out. If you want, you can change this for your kids. You have the opportunity of a lifetime to change. And so what really, like, I think, like, seeped into me was change my behavior, change my life. Hmm. Like, my behavior is what was wrong. And then my life changed. And so exactly that has happened. That's been uh, since 12, 14 of 08 until today, I haven't picked up a drink and I haven't used drugs. Hmm. So how can someone say something and have such an impact, right, on your life? Well, I was at a place in my life that I needed an impact to change my life. I needed something to come in and, like, give me hope because I was hopeless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple months earlier, I was attempting suicide. So, like, when you look at your life from that perspective, and I remember receiving a knock on the door, during the moment about committing suicide, my friend John came in and gave me a big hug and he told me my life had meaning and purpose. Hmm. But what I was doing right now didn't. So I remember those. Those are good things that always stay present in my mind. 10-9-08 was the day I tried to commit suicide. 12-14-08 is when my mom told me, hey, maybe I needed help. And then 12-15-08 is the day that changed my life forever when I walked in and I said in words that, hey, I'm an alcoholic and I need help. And you know, every single day I've lived with, all right, cool, that happened. What are you going to do about it? And so many people, when you talk to them, talk big game and they don't change past a couple of days and then it wears off and the newness goes away. It's like that, that, you know, that smell in your car when you get that brand new car and you're like, oh, I want to keep that. I want to <laughs> yeah. keep that smell. So you buy something at the car wash to keep that smell. And then one day you forget to buy it and you're like, ah, oh, you can't eat in the car. And the next thing you know, you're eating in the car. Yeah. That newness goes up. Mm-hmm. I do everything I can possibly to keep that newness right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to everyone. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want to be mindful of what's going on in my life. And th- I just make sure I do certain things every single day to, s- to stay in that mindset. Now, you and Amber have been married for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank just you. Uh, July, right? Yep. And I uh, had an epic uh, trip to uh, Greece and Italy. Looked looked amazing. You went and celebrated your, your marriage with your wife. And uh, at some point, as you mentioned, it didn't look like there was going to be a marriage. So there are people that are listening right now that are in the valley. They are in the trenches. They don't have the strength to look up and to have those difficult conversations with their spouse. What would, how would you encourage them? What would you say to them? What would you encourage the spouse to, to say to them, to their struggling loved one? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll speak to two parts. It was so final that I had filed for divorce. So like having Amber get served with divorce papers is what she got to experience. Um, number one, I think that is the piece of advice that I live with every single day. And it's why I strive to have other people understand. You're not weak for asking for help. It's actually a sign of greatness. Mm. You're not alone. You're never being the first person to go through certain things. I've seen pretty much anything and everything. And I coach people to do the exact same thing. It's like, listen. And that's what I love about my program. It says, listen for the similarities, not the differences. So what are the great things that you love about your partner that you love when you got in a relationship with your partner? 
And then it's less about your partner and more about who I want to talk to, which is you. So the person who's listening, remember that you are the only person that can change the situation. You're the only person who's going to get the situation better. But hey, wait, Tony, but what about my partner? I don't care about your partner. And that's the hardest thing for people to hear. I care about you. Mm-hmm. That's the only person I'm having a conversation with. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. partner isn't involved. Mm-hmm. So what can you change today? What are the things that you can work on? Mm-hmm. So Gandhi's, Gandhi's mantra lives in my life, lives every single day in my life. It says, be the change. Mm-hmm. doesn't tell me. Hey, Mr. President, Mr. Financial Guy, blah, 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 blah. You need to go change. It tells me, Tony, hey, you are responsible for changing. Mm -hmm. So the person who's listening, you have to find something in your life that you want, and then you have to fight for it. Mm -hmm. So uh, change has been the most interesting thing in my life. Changed my thoughts, changed my life. Tony Robbins, you can hear a lot of great things from Wishes Be Fulfilled, from Wayne Dyer, Jim Rohn, all these people. And I think what all of them are telling us is that if you want change, you have to be willing to do something. And what are you willing to give up? Because you got to give up something to get something. You, mm-hmm. there, you can't replace something. You can't replace nothing with something that doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. what could you replace it with? Mm-hmm. Is today, I can meditate. Today, I can pray. Today, I can journal. Today, I can take a walk. Today, I can not sit at home. And for me, it was drink. It was me use drugs. It's me listening and go surf online and go to bad places. It's what can I do today? I can do the complete opposite. So Sean Stevenson, one of my dear friends, uses something that I put into my life and I help people with all the time, which is you need to create when your life works list. Hmm. You know when your life is working. So what was your marriage like when it was working? Like just figure out what that looked like. What were you doing? Cooking dinner together, taking walks together, having good conversations together, laughing, like touching each other, like doing the things that we were doing. Okay. Now you know what your life looks like when it sucks. So you just need to quickly write down when life sucks list because you want to do the opposite of those. Yeah. And That's so powerful. Wow. And he says, you know, try to get to 10 to 14 down on paper and then every day practice at least four off of your when life works yeah. list. I love that. Wow. Right? It's super easy, yeah. but yet it means that you have to do something. Here's what I just told you. It wasn't anything about the other person. It was right. all about what I can do. Right. And that's what's so powerful about be the change. Yeah. It's like, you need to do that. People are waiting for other people to be the change, you know? before them, right? They're, I'm going to change when Tony's going to change. You know, when Tony changes, I'll change. And I was at a church a while ago, and I've mentioned this on other episodes, and the priest was giving a homily. And he said, you know, the problem with love is that everyone is waiting to be loved first. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with change. Everyone is waiting for someone else to change. Everyone else is waiting for someone to be merciful first. Everyone is waiting to be asked for forgiveness before offering forgiveness, you know? And if we just, just decided, you know, I'm going to forgive that person who pissed me off (laughs) right now, you know? uh, I remember sitting on my couch and I I can paint the picture so clear. Anybody could be on the couch. I had Two nice chairs opposite of each other and a couch and a coffee table in the middle. My pastor was sitting on the sofa. I was sitting on another chair and my wife was sitting on the other chair at the time. And we were kind of in our version of therapy. And I remember we couldn't look at each other. I had so much shame. She had so much embarrassment. And he was there and we were trying to kind of navigate the the waters. And he literally looks at both of us. If you could figure out how you could do that, like with two opposite ends. And he just says, you know, guys, love's a decision. Mm-hmm. Like love's just a decision. Like mm-hmm. if you guys want to figure this out, like just decide that you are willing to make it work. 
And uh, it wasn't until my wife at that time, um, we didn't know how it was going to work out. It was more like I was over hanging out with the kids and she was like, see you later. We were just trying to see if we were going to get back together. And the one thing that I've tried every single day is to court my wife like it's the first day. I've tried to send her love notes and do things. And some days she loves it. And then some days she reminds me, hey, that's cool. That worked. But you actually need to keep, you know, growing. But these are how I internalize it. Right. She's not telling me these things in a negative. She's helping me in a positive to right. grow. And one of the things that I always remember is like my pastor said, love is a decision. So when I'm deciding that my marriage isn't working, I've made a decision. Mm -hmm. Well, you can make a decision to make it work. Just as much as you make a decision. I was actually going to ask you um, specifically, it's funny you mentioned that, like writing love notes and things to your wife, because I have a lot of um, people that listen to the show that are married. Um, some of them work with their spouse like me. And actually, before you leave, I'll, if she's still here, I forgot I was really rude and didn't introduce you to my wife, Lisa, who is right over there. Uh, and uh, But she might be gone. She's got it. She might be gone. But anyway... I'd love to to learn how you and Amber have worked together to to show appreciation and intimacy to each other in a non-physical way. Because I think um, one of the problems that occurs in marriages that leads to you know challenges down the road is that men and women in these committed relationships don't learn how to show love and intimacy in a non-physical way. So how have you guys done that? So it's, some of this is really, really new. Some of it, I just was hanging with a buddy of mine who's a pastor, another pastor, uh, Ryan. And Ryan and his wife have been married for several years. And he wrote the word team up on the board. So I was like, team? I guess we're on the same team. But the thing that really stood out to me was the <clears throat> M. And that's meeting needs, hmm. meeting my wife's needs. Hmm. So I kind of think I know what she needs. When's the last time I actually asked my wife what she needs? Big difference. Because mm -hmm. I have an assumption about everybody. So sitting down, talking to my wife and understanding, like, she needs to be held. And I was with Sean Stevenson a couple of weeks ago. And I was saying, you know, one of the things Amber talks about is affection. She wants, you know, an affection. She wants the husband to come up, me, to come up and just place my arms around her. And that should be enough. But for me, it's like, it's not, right? I want I want all the other stuff, right? Yeah. And one of my dear friends, Jim, always says, romance doesn't start in the bedroom. It starts like, you know, breakfast that morning. It starts in the kitchen. It starts watering the plants. It, it, it starts in a lot of other places. Right. And so when I was talking to Shawnee and I was like, Sean, what do you mean? He goes, okay, for a moment, let me grab your water. So it's ice cold water. And he puts it up against my arm. He says, that's what you're like to your wife. Hold. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm trying. I know you're trying. But she doesn't like what you're trying. So why don't you ask her what she needs and then work on what you can give her? Because those are both different, you know. And so some of the stuff that I love to do is my wife doesn't like the grocery store. So a lot of, for me, is I'll go to the grocery store and she knows that she loves it. She loves watching me come home with flowers because she knows that I stopped and I'm really particular about the flowers that I bring home. I don't just grab a bouquet just to grab a bouquet and say, I bought you flowers. I, I'll go in the back and I'll talk to the person. I'm like, hey, when did these come in? Like, hey, you got more coming in tomorrow? Like, do you mind if I look through them? Because she knows that I'm going to take the time. It's not just picking up flowers. Anybody can pick up flowers. That's why I tell people I run a fulfillment company. Anyone can sell products and fulfill orders. It takes somebody special to really do it right. Mm -hmm. 
So I make sure everything that I do is with love and attention. Um, my wife and I have a little game. We play one, two, three, four every day. It says twelve thirty four on our phone. We just whoever gets it first gets it, but sends a message. You know, just a screenshot. And I love you. Thinking about you. Mm-hmm. That's enough in a lot of ways. Uh, number two, when I planned the trip for her fortieth and our twentieth to Europe, um, I thought of every little detail. And then when it got to our anniversary, I didn't even have a card because I was like so much time into her birthday. I planned yeah. everything. And then she's like, oh, I feel bad. I didn't get anything. I'm like, baby, just being with you is enough. Yeah. And that's so crazy because my old way would be like, hey, it's our anniversary. Why didn't you get me anything? Mm-hmm. We used to play a game on Valentine's. It was like one year would be my year to do Valentine's Day and one year it'd be hers. Now, like we just love each other. And like Valentine's Day is celebrated every day. Minus the day of February 14th. Yeah, minus the most expensive day to yeah. love each other. <laughs> yeah, so we just, I, I think that the ways that I look at life and marriage and everything really comes down through communication. And that's the thing mm. that I'm really, really strong on and really proud of is today my communication's gotten a lot better. You know, you have, uh, going back to that quote, you know, the the studying the lessons and and you, you've as you've mentioned, you've, you've had a lot of challenges coming up and in, in business, and you've had a lot of victories and wins as well, including, you know, being on Inc. Magazine's 5,000 for the last four years, five years. Yeah, I'm proud of that. Congratulations. And one of the things on your website, it says, uh, you know, in your about page, it says, while most well-known for building a multi-million dollar business with his childhood friends, it's Tony's life mission, or it's Tony's mission in life to create a community where entrepreneurs can know they can achieve anything they want despite their past. Why is that statement important to you? Well, two reasons. It goes, one is that kind of like what Dan said and Rabbi Rick and my mom, like you're enough, son. Like I'm proud of you. I think so many of us don't have that in our lives today. I think that we're all trying to get somewhere. We're all trying to be somewhere. We're all keeping up with the Smiths or the Flynn's or the Joneses or somebody. We're all trying to be somebody that we're not when we should really work on being who we were created to be, Mm -hmm. the best version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what I've tried every single day is like, how can I be better than I was yesterday? Right? I mean, I think every day I want to try to improve. And so for one, improvement is like a constant thing in my life. And I want to surround myself with people who want to improve, who really have like this desire. And here's what I know. Not everybody wakes up thinking the same and wanting to do that. A lot of people are like, my life's over. It sucks. Blah, blah, blah. It does. But do you have the courage to change? Do you, do you have the willingness to get up today and do something that you've never done before? So you'll achieve something that you've never achieved before. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I wanted to build a community because I wanted to belong. I told you in the very beginning, I felt so alone, so isolated so brokenhearted, so like, um, I blinded somebody when I was young by accident and it, it's always resonated with me. I hit somebody with a record in the eye and it hurt because I remember going to school the next year. I thought about my friend all the time, but then I thought about the kid that I was and how every day I was chased to the principal's office, how I didn't feel good anymore. And it was a total accident and the record was highway to hell. And every time that song comes on to this day, I still can't listen to that record. And I remember how I felt and how I still feel, even though I've heard from lots of people that he's doing amazing and his life's great and it's been what it is for him. But for me, I use it as my marker to saying, hey, like you, you change someone's life with an action. Mm-hmm. 
And I can remind myself every single day I have the ability to fix that. Mm. And I live that through helping other entrepreneurs. Mm. And so I built a community online. It's a private Facebook community. And it's where entrepreneurs can come despite anything they've done and know that, hey, they're going to be surrounded by people who love them and accept them for who they are and not mm-hmm. for who they want them to be. Mm-hmm. So I got a community that's really Called. strong. Be Fulfilled. Um, so it's the Be Fulfilled Life. And you can find it on Facebook. Um, just be an entrepreneur. That's all I ask. Just come in with a passion of wanting to do something. Run a small business, a solopreneur. I don't mind. Come in there and be willing to give. Don't take. I hate takers. Mm-hmm. It's like probably the only time you'll hear the word hate and takers in the same sentence out of my mouth. What I love is people who want to give. Mm-hmm. Because by giving, you actually receive. Mm-hmm. And you give so much to others, you'll get everything you need. And then, then the second part that's really, really huge about kind of this, this space in my life and then going back to that statement so when I acknowledged I made a mistake, what I actually said is in the moment, I said, well, if I acknowledged I made a mistake, what am I going to do about it so I don't do it again? So my analogy is it's only a blind spot once. Mm-hmm. You go and you get in an automobile accident. Officer comes up to the window and says, you know, hey, Tony, what happened? I, said, I couldn't see them. Like I had a blind spot. And the officer says, all right, well, I'm going to give you a citation for a ticket. Uh, sorry that you got in an accident. Um, go ahead and take care of it. Thanks. Six weeks later, my car's out of the auto shop. I drive across the street. I get hit again. Officer, oh, hey, we're back here at the same intersection. What happened? I said, ah, um, I didn't look. I should have yeah. looked. Yeah. Take ownership over your right. life today. So blind spot only happens once. The second time, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the choices you now make today have an impact on the life that you mm-hmm. live. And so I really just want to surround myself by people who want to do better and then give them the tools, the resources, and introduce them to a world of just people who can help them. Because I believe we're all connected at the heart level. And then we're all connected at the chance level of like, I know today I have a better chance today of helping another person than I did even five years ago, 10 years Mm. ago, because I'm filled with knowledge today. Yeah. So like my greatest thing is connecting people. That's what I love. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the impact entrepreneur told you to call. You know, I was uh, in my prayer time this morning, I was reading this devotion uh, called Uncommon Dads. And this guy had this meditation on this this, uh, piece of scripture where Jesus was, um, Jesus healed the, the, the guy who couldn't walk, I can't speak right now. So the guy who was disabled and, and on the ground and, and lying in front of the temple and couldn't, uh, was passed and, and people, uh, were, he was begging and, and people were walking by him. And what struck me today, and I mean, we've heard that, like that piece of scripture, like a hundred times. And as I'm reading this today, Jesus asks him like, Hey, you know, Hey, why, why, where, what are you doing here? Basically, uh, why are you here? And the, the guy lying on the ground says, the disabled man says, well, I, I, I can't, um, I can't go to the healing waters because no, nobody will carry me. And, and by the time I get there, somebody will be there 
and, and I won't have a chance to get there. And Jesus says, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And the thing that struck me today about that is that Jesus didn't pick him up. Jesus is the ultimate encourager, but it's still on us to respond, right? Like wh- whether you are Christian or, or don't believe in anything. Well, you believe in something. You believe in something regardless, but it's, it's, it's uh, our action or inaction is only on us. And it's on us if we want to change our circumstances to stand up, pick up our mat and get a walk in. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, I tell people all the time, they said, so why do you do what you do? I said, well, my job really is simple. All I do is hold up a mirror so you can see your own reflection. Mm-hmm. It's only my job. I just mm-hmm. want to help you. Mm-hmm. Despite, despite what you see, you can change. Mm-hmm. Despite the person that you see, you can change. I remember looking at the mirror at 20. I looked at the mirror at 30. looked at the mirror at like 40. On drugs at 20, on drugs at 30, sober and clean at 40. And the same person that I see today has grown. And it's really the encouragement of others and constant reminders of my friends and my family that tell me anything's possible. Like it, it really is. And so anybody who's listening, hopefully you, you, you've, you've taken a hold of a few things that we've said today. At least my goal is that you're not alone. Number one, number two, that you're not weak for asking for help and, and ask for help. And that's your sign of greatness. Mm-hmm. Like reach out to a friend today and say, I need to talk. Like this is my website, join my group. Like, listen to a podcast, like you're doing a good deed. And if you have that capacity to want to change, like remember in this very moment, you can become your word. Like so many people think it's really difficult to change. And I'm like, it's only difficult if you're, if you're wanting to keep being dishonest, if you want to get honest then just say, I need help. It led me into the rooms 10 years ago. And it's been the greatest thing. I'm like, I'm doing 90 and 90 right now. Those are what you do the first couple of days when you're in the meeting that you hear somebody say, go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And you're like, oh crap, I'd never want to do that. And one day it just hit me 54 days ago. Why can't I do 90 and 90 at any time? Like, why do I have to only do it in the beginning? That, so I got back to the basics. I'm 54 days into the back to the basics. My devotional reading every day, um, meditating every night and in the morning, uh, reading as much as I possibly can, consuming, you know, uh, great audio books again. And doing everything. So now I'm streaking, not naked down the street, but I'm streaking in a <laughs> good way and I'm happy. And because it's, I got back to the basics. Mm. And so if you're listening, get back to the basics. Mm. Remember when you were in elementary school, I tell people all the time, when you were in elementary school and you needed to do something, you raised your hand. Somewhere around high school into college, you stopped raising your hand because you were afraid or ashamed or worried you're going to get picked on. Let me tell you something, actually raising your hand and saying you need help it's actually a really cool thing to do because it allows others to help you because that's what I believe we're all here to do is help one another. So this is a perfect transition because you've got a lot of experience as an entrepreneur. You've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. You've been coached by a lot of other great entrepreneurs. So in your experience and and, and what you see right now in the moment, uh, what do you think are some of the key issues facing entrepreneurs? Isolation. I think entrepreneurs literally sit alone in a, like their world like... No one will understand. My offer isn't converting. My upsell cart doesn't cross over like it used to. My ROI is not like where it should be. I'm like, dude, I get it. You're not alone. So I I love joining Facebook groups, masterminds, and go to live events. I think live events change lives. And I think workshops are where you actually get to do the work. And so um, are you cool if I share my business for just yeah, a couple yeah, minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So 17 plus years ago, I started my second fulfillment company. So we take uh, 
vitamins and supplements, survival products, books on demand, et cetera. And we print them and we ship them and fulfill people's orders worldwide, million plus shipments every year um, all around the world. So I've been doing that for the last 17 years, but I got into the industry in 1996. I got on to the internet the very first time when there was an AOL and you had a bog modem and it made that weird sound. <laughs> and today you don't even slow down to even think about that sound. You're just like demanding. And if it's not there, you call like AOL Comcast. You're calling somebody yeah, to say, right. hey, what the heck's going on? Yeah. So every day since then, what I realize is, is that it takes connection to actually achieve your dreams. Mm -hmm. See, you have to build something so good that somebody else would buy it. And if you won't buy it, no one will else will, right? You got to become a product of your product. So I, I love to tell entrepreneurs, slow down for a moment. Are you putting something out in the world that's just going to fill up your wallet today and leave you empty and meaningless tomorrow? Or are you going to put out something today that's going to do good in this world? Not only will your heart fill up, so will your wallet. Mm -hmm. Like it's really simple, but so many people get it confused. So most of my time is spent talking to entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Most of my time isn't talking about their product or their service. It's like, what's their legacy? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do with your legacy? Mm -hmm. What do you mean legacy? Like, I'm just selling supplements. I'm like, that's awesome. How's your wife? How's your kids? Like, if it all came to a screaming halt today, what would that legacy look like? Yeah. And so I'm helping people to see for themselves what someone to help me to see is like, it's the dash. It's that little moment in between the day you're born and the day you die. What are you going to do with it? How mm -hmm. are you going to make an impact mm -hmm. um, for the world? So most of my conversations with entrepreneurs, like I had one today, you know, I'm, I was calling one saying, hey, we're changing some of the way we do business. It's actually a really good thing for us. Maybe not be a good thing for you. Race for impact. <laughs> but the deal is simple. Like we can't use your meter anymore. That's your postage rates. We got to use ours. And, hmm. and it didn't get sideways. It got honest. See, that's the other piece that most entrepreneurs need to realize. You need to be honest with yourself. Hmm. Are you struggling sitting in front of your computer? Maybe you're just not doing everything you want. So you're stuck doing something that you've been doing. And you're maybe like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. I'll tell you first, don't quit on a bad day. Counsel some good people. Remember why you started. And then get back to the beginning of what was fun when you became an entrepreneur. Yeah, make, make that working list. You know, what, what was working when things... Yeah, and yeah. so many people get away from what was working. And so they focus on what's not working. Mm. And that's why I go back to the principles of my program. It says, listen for the similarities, not the differences. The similarities are like you and I are both entrepreneurs. You're just in a different profession. I'm in a different profession. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we're both fulfilling our dreams. So I got three right there. You want me to keep building my list? We both love to podcast. That's four. Mm -hmm. We're both from Santa Cruz. That's five. Right? So I start focusing on that. I'm not focusing on, well, he's doing something completely different. I don't know anything about it. Oh, man, financially, I suck. I'll probably be compared to Mike. Like, I should maybe sit here. Like, I'm going down the good good channel, and other people are focusing on the negative channel. And mm -hmm. I just stay focused on what works today, not mm -hmm. what isn't working. Mm -hmm. um, how, do you, how do you go from a five, six, seven, eight-figure mindset? By deciding that you want to. Mm -hmm. And so many entrepreneurs don't know why they're doing what they're doing. They're stuck doing it. So get off the roller coaster. Because that's what most of us are doing. We're stuck on a roller coaster Monday through Friday, maybe Saturday and Sunday as well. And get back into the line. The line is where you actually want to be. The line is where you anticipate, you get excited. It's where you take a break, where you eat food, where you're like, oh my gosh, this ride is so exciting. Like, I remember the ups and the downs. Oh my gosh, when we were launching new products, we used to have pizza parties at Friday at five o'clock. And like, we were working all weekend. Like, do you remember how the excitement just changed because you started talking about your business again mm -hmm. and then being stuck in your business again? Mm. So I love to get Dude, people... Dude, that's a really awesome analogy. Right? Just get people back into the line of life. And the line of life is where you break bread, meet friends, and hang out. That's why I love going to like live yeah. events. Because when I'm stuck in my business, I'm working by myself. 
I don't have anybody else who understands what I'm going through. And then I realize when I go to, oh, me too. Like, hey, you want to network? Sure. Do you need an accountability partner? I like, I would love to have somebody I can talk to every couple of weeks. Hey, what are you doing for this? Do you know anybody who fixes funnels? Do you know anybody who's a traffic guy? That doesn't happen in your business. That happens when you're working on your business mm-hmm. and you're at an event and you've taken the time. So get back in the line of life, get mm-hmm. off the roller coaster. And to add to that analogy, if you're in the line and you're looking at the ride and you're like, I'm not so excited about this ride, then get out of the line. Yeah. And you can do that too. Yeah. You know, I think people feel stuck and they, they, do. they, don't, they don't get out of the line when they, when they could not, may not be easy, but they can, they have the, the ability to get out of the line. One of the things that is inherent in every business and every relationship is conflict, you know? And I think that that is something that today, especially with the younger entrepreneurs that they want it, they totally avoid conflict, which can be unhealthy in and of itself. And it's, it's part of every relationship. So can you tell us about two times, a time when you resolved a conflict well versus not well, and what role fear played specifically mm. in them? Face everything and run. That's fear, real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'll tell you what didn't work first, but I'll tell you how it's come back around. Okay. Uh, my first fulfillment company, I left on October 20th, 2000. So two things you're going to get from me every single time. I'm going to be real with you. And I also need to remember dates. Dates are, rem- for me, are re- points of reflection in my hard drive. So I can go back to that sector and I under- understand what's unfolding. So I was literally at home on the 20th of October and I called up uh, my business partner at the time and I said, Hey bud, I think I need to leave this other company that we started. It's just not working out anymore. And he goes, okay, yeah, whatever. And he hung up the phone and he called me back like a minute later. He's like, well, I'm about to sign my mortgage. I'm like, just sign your darn mortgage paper. It's all going to work out. Okay. And then that night we, we got in our car and I drove to the office that I'd been driving to for like six months straight. And I got lost. It was like really, really weird. Like I got lost. Like I was like, something had gone wrong in my head. Maybe it was the universe, God telling me, Hey, this isn't going to work out the way you want it to work out. When I get there, I walk into the office. It's late at night. It's like 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, at the time my other business partner's brother was sleeping on the floor, Mike. And he was there to kind of like just watch over the place and make sure that no one came and took their stuff like two business partners did. And we went in and we took all of our business stuff. And then I went and put the key back on uh, my other partner's desk. And I basically said, dude, you can have the business. Like, I don't want it. I don't think I ever signed any papers to like even remove my shares. But it's been over 20 some odd years and that company's still around. Well, I left because I didn't know how to communicate. I left because I didn't know how to like deal with certain things. And today, I'm actually friends with that person. (laughs) Uh, we've text back and forth and wish each other well and that kind of stuff. Um, and what I've learned over the years is I had a chance to be a traffic conversion like two years ago, a digital marketing event put on by Ryan Dice and Perry Belcher and Roland Frazier. And it was in San Diego and I saw him and I came up to me and we were talking and you know, I said, Hey, how are you doing? Good. And he, he leans over to me because I just want to say thank you. I'm like, for what? He's like, you taught me so much. Yet in the moment, you know, back up, you know, 15, 16 years at the time, all I want to do is leave. I just don't want to be there anymore. And and in reality, what most people don't know is they don't ask. So you don't know what the other person's thinking. So my assumption was what I'm responsible for. My my assumption was like, this will never resolve itself. It'll never work out. It's best to just quit. Hmm. And I think it goes back to, to marriage. 
I can't resolve this thing. I'm just going to go ahead and quit on it. I, I'm going to go quit on my job because it's not going to work. I'm going to quit on my friend because it's not going to work instead of just asking for help. And I've come back to eat crow a few times around that. Like I've done some things where I probably should have sat and done things differently. And then where um, I've also seen that it, it role played is in my marriage. Hmm. Where like I was like, I was done. Peace out. See you later. This is over. It's never going to work. And the opposite, it actually has become the most beautiful thing, the thing that I'm most passionate and most lit up about, most excited for every single day. I look over at my partner at life and I go, I can't believe I almost walked out on us. So every day I look at her and I always tell her, thanks for choosing us. When I take a shower in the morning, there's a song up in lyrics on two picture frames. And basically it says, I choose you and I choose you like over and over again. There's pictures when you walk up the stairs of the words like I do, like I cherish you. And, and knowing that all I had to do was change the song that I played. I was playing Highway to Hell for so much of my life. And now, you know, literally I could replace it with any song. And all I know is it's so much better today because the tune that I choose to play is one of love and appreciation and gratitude versus the one of like, screw this, I'm done. It's never going to work. And so every single day, like I just wake up and I use the country song, I do cherish you. Right? I just play that song in my head. Like I just remind myself every single day, like I got to play the right song. Like I am capable and responsible and I can do better. And every day that I choose to do that, it's a little less about what didn't go wrong or right. And it's more about what can I do to make things right. Hmm. If she were sitting right here and you guys are in a private room by yourself, keep it PG. <laughs> what would you, and you're having a, a aspirational conversation about your hopes and your dreams and and what you guys want to accomplish, what would you tell her about how you believe in her? So you want to put another tree in the backyard, okay? Um, you want to put what on our walls, okay? Um, you want to go ahead and change the color of the house, okay? 20 years ago, I'd be like, uh-uh, no way. There's not a chance you're doing any of it. Today, I'm like, baby, I believe in you. Like, I believe that you're so darn talented, you can do anything. Like, I don't want to take this and make it a negative, but I always tell her she's like my little, um, <laughs> so funny, um, Martha Stewart. Yeah. She's my version of Martha Stewart, right? Just amazingly hot. She's <laughs> so talented. She, she can design anything. She literally, if you give her a moment, she'll figure it all out. She doesn't need help. She just needs you to just be like, hey, you got this, right? It's a little encouragement from here. Mm -hmm. It goes a long ways. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I'm always in the awe of about my wife is her just stunning beauty. And I tell people like, don't look at the outside. Mm -hmm. Try to get to know the inside. Mm -hmm. Get to know the heart. Because mm -hmm. the outside is just perfect. The inside is the one where I've gotten a chance to hold my wife's heart in my hand multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, it's pretty powerful stuff. Mm. Like I, I, before I used to um, not appreciate as much as I do today. I, like I actually slow down enough to look at my wife and just go like, I just appreciate your beauty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think even a year 20, I'm trying to date her. Like I'm trying to quarter, her like we dated back mm -hmm. in the day. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm trying to get back to the basics. I'm trying to get to when she gave only thing I got for 30 days was a kiss. Mm. Like I remember like she made me work for it all. Mm -hmm. So um, mother-in-law, if you're listening, it was totally all PG. It's all good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the 30 days, like trying to get to, to that point. So when I look at my wife, when I think of my wife, when I meditate about what I want my wife to receive and everything that I want for her in her life, we're on the same page. Mm. We, we want to be not only each other's best friends, we want to grow old like in the notebook and, and actually hold hands and die together. Like mm -hmm. we vision, like our life should be like one that we literally, our heart beat until the last 
moment and we left together. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's kind of weird to say, but we're living our life in such a way we just do more and more together. All the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. What are the odds that your house is going to be completely redecorated by the time you get home? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. But the thing that I also know is because my wife's so darn talented, like I, I believe it's all testing. Yeah. Like, she's like, this is a write-off, right? I'm like, honey, your business is your write-off because my house is your write-off because it's where all your clients come over and look at everything that you're doing and go, I want to do that, that, this is your test laboratory so yeah whatever we got new trees this week and i was kicking and screaming all the way there i'm like i don't want new trees i'm like they look really good how do you help her face her own fears or limiting beliefs well i want to fix people that's my number one job in life i think i'm just a fixer right so i've been really working on not doing that and really just asking better questions Hmm. like what is it that you need help with is there anything that you want me to do I'm the person who sends the bills out for her business. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I hate doing this. This is not what I love. I'm like, I love money. So I'll, I'll be happy <laughs> to do this for you. Um, and then just words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't take much. It really, I don't, it doesn't take much for me. Like I have a hard time if you tell me, uh, Hey, nice job, Tony. You're awesome. Like, thank you so much. I will deflect that every single day. Cause I don't do well with that. And so I'm really just trying to be a mirror for her and just say, Hey babe, you got this. Like, mm-hmm. Whatever you need, we can do together. It's like, you don't have to do this by yourself. You have two boys, Ethan and Owen, as we mentioned earlier. One's in college, one's in uh, in uh, senior in high school. What is your greatest hope for them? So both boys I raised with the same idea that uh, my mom helped raise me, which is, son, you can do anything you want. Um, I completely believe 100% in you. I'm not going to push you or challenge you in any one direction. But I am going to challenge you that you do the best you can and that everything that you do, you could literally say that was the best I could do and then that you're willing to improve. And so for Ethan, who's an entrepreneur, second year at school, um, I just admire him. I'm so proud of him. I'm so grateful for the person he's chosen to be every single day of his life. He just gets up and he just has fun. Owen, the senior in high school, I just look at him and I see me. I see me. I see a kid who's got it pretty much figured out. And then at one moment, the other the other side, he's like, still trying to figure this thing out. And I'm happy because that means that he's being challenged and he's challenging himself and he's not quitting and he's not a quitter. He's, he's a strong kid. Mm. And so I look at both of my boys with the same thing my mom did, uh, which was, you know, you got this. Mm. Like, I believe in you. Mm. And that, so me, that's so encouraging because I don't know if I would have done well if you would have told me what to do. Because I know when you told me what to do about grades, I failed. When you told me what you needed me to do, I got in accidents. When you told me what not to do, I did the opposite. And so I'm just trying to encourage my kids. Mm. Just like I would be if I was talking to you on the phone, if I was talking to a friend, I'd be like, hey, look, you got this. Like, I totally believe in you. Now the question is, do you believe in yourself? Mm. And what do you need help with? Tony Grebmeyer, this has been an incredibly fun, powerful, insightful conversation. Before we conclude with our three final questions. I want to make sure that people know where they can connect with you online, where they can go get the Be Fulfilled journal, which Mm -hmm. is launched. So why don't you uh, take a moment and spread the joy in that regard? Spread the joy. I love it. Um, Well, first off, thank you. This is cool, right? A little while ago, we were just Facebook friends getting a chance to chat face-to-face. It's kind of like so cool because so many people are like, oh, I know that guy. I'm friends with him on Facebook. I'm like, now we get to spend time together. Totally. So that's awesome. Um, number two, uh, TonyGrebmeyer.com is my personal site from there. Mike mentioned a journal. Uh, it's something that I've spent two years writing. It's more of a hybrid between a, a planner and a journal. So it's really cool. It's called Be Fulfilled, Enjoy the Journey. Um, it's 12 weeks to fulfillment. 
Sean Stevenson wrote the forward to it. So if you don't know who the three foot giant is, I encourage you just to look him up. Tony Robbins wrote his forward to his book. So I'm absolutely honored that I get to carry this tradition on. Um, you can find my podcast there, which is Be Fulfilled. The journal's Be Fulfilled. My my fulfillment company is called Ship Offers. And the, the tagline underneath there is Be Fulfilled. That's what I live for most in life is to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I hope anybody who's listening today would want to find out what fulfillment looks like truly for themselves in life. And I think the first part is about being. Mm-hmm. Being open, being real, being honest, being being the person who's willing to, to try today to do something different and, and not give up when it gets going tough. So tonygrabmire.com, shipoffers.com, two great places to connect with me. I love it. If you could pick any skill set that you currently possess and turn it into a superpower, what would it be? Skill set into a superpower. One that you currently possess, yes. The ability to stay sober. That's my superpower. Yes. It's the only superpower I need because if I do that, everything else works. Love it. What are three lies that we tell ourselves that prevent us from becoming fulfilled? I'm a piece of ship, <laughs> number one. Um, no one would buy what I'm selling. And you should quit because, once again, you're a failure. Hmm. Those are like powerful things that I know that I've spoken into my existence. And thankfully, a mutual friend of ours, Vinnie Fisher, has helped me really immensely break a lot of those agreements that I've made personally with myself around that and know that at the end of the day, any successful person that you see on planet Earth, any person that you see sitting on a street corner, homeless, any person that you see driving a nice car, bad car, or anything in the world struggles, has struggled, will struggle. You're not alone. So the biggest thing that I would tell you that I'd love to leave with is that I spent a lifetime looking good to avoid looking bad. I spent a lifetime trying to compare myself to others. And today I have compassion for all human beings because at the end of what I know to be true is that all of us have got something that we're going through, have or will go through something. And I just want people to know that you're not alone. Hmm. And I think the biggest lie that I lived with for so long was, was only me. I was the only one dealing with this. I was the only one that had gone through what he'd gone through. No one would know what it feels like. And here's what it's crazy is that I sit around rooms and in meetings and events and I hear story after story of people who've dealt with their stuff. And it goes back to that line in the beginning. Listen for the similarities and not the differences. We are all connected. Just stop for a moment and think about that person when you go about to flip them off. You're actually really flipping yourself off mm-hmm. because we're all connected at a synergy level, which is we all have a heartbeat. We're all connected. And if we're all having a heart that beats, so... You have the ability right now to instill world peace 24 seven, 365 days a year. Like you, you are and the only person that can and will, if you have the capacity to be honest, to change is you. And so that's all I have to worry about. Does it mean that I'm perfect? No. Do I still compare myself? Yes. Do I still make mistakes? Yes. Do I still leave a shopping cart out in the parking lot? Yes. But I know deep down inside I'm working on getting better every single day. You know, uh, before we hit record, I asked the question about uh, what your favorite art form was. And you said communication or audio. And then I, I said, okay, what else? And you said movies. So this last question is tied to the the title of a book called How Will You Measure Your Life? But I, the twist is, if it's it's 100 years from now, and we're still making movies the same way that movies are being made today. And you left a set of instructions to a director or a screenwriter on how you would like him or her, to communicate your life story in the form of a movie, what would those instructions be? Strong with the force of our years. (laughs) Um, 
I would say, so one, I love the question. Number two, the only thing that I would want measured of my life is the impact that I left on this world. So however you need to, because it's a hundred years from now, I'm hoping that my dash, the ripple effect that I left on this world, the, the instructions were simple. Go to his home, find his home birthplace. It was Watsonville, California. And then work from there. And what you should find is a bunch of sand and dust of stuff that is no longer, but the stuff that you found like since kind of he got into sobriety and he's lived that choice every single day is to be, be the beacon of hope and light in people's lives, that there would be constructed lighthouses all around the world helping people to navigate the way so they don't have mm -hmm. to feel like they're alone. So the instructions would be simple. Go to the birth, go to the end, and in between you'll find where he lived. And everything up until the point where he made a true decision to live, he was lost and someone gave him a compass that pointed him in a direction. Mm. And that direction has been service. Mm. So the, the thing would be just go find Tony because you will find Tony around anything that means that there's good in this world. Mm. And, and then that gets me out of my head that tells me I'm a piece of, you know what, tells me I'm not good enough. No one will ever buy anything I'm selling because here's what I want everybody to know. We're all selling something, mm -hmm. all of us. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't find a transaction on the other end of financial security, you're selling something. Mm -hmm. So I'm just selling service and hope that it's possible. Mm -hmm. You can do anything. Tony G, thank you so much for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show and impacting our audience. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute honor. Thank you to this week's guest and thank you for listening. If you missed any of the key points and highlights from my conversation, we've got you covered over at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash podcast for show notes to each and every episode. And while you are there, check out Flynn Wealth Strategies and Insurance Solutions. You can do that by visiting flynnwealthstrategies.com. The Lot Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them and with all of their support. Now, until next time, go make an impact.